Hey, senorita, really nice to meet ya. Have some tequila and say, this week on Squats and Margaritas, it's Michelle Dempsey, expert in learning things the hard way, expert in co-parenting, even when you hate your ex. We talk about it all, divorce, second marriages, anxiety, talking to kids about divorce, introducing your kids to your new spouse's kids. It's all coming up on the new episode of Squats and Margaritas with Michelle Dempsey. Let's get into it right now. I'm here in all my exhausted glory, new puppy. Nobody told me how hard this would be. I don't know why. Like, is it Edward, I'm, Eddie, Ed? Eddie, Eddie Apricots. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> Where did Eddie Apricots come from? The puppy store around the corner. <laughs> Just on because, a because. No, I mean, we've been fighting in this house for a dog. We've been begging my husband, my daughter, my stepdaughter. We would like plead our case. We would fight. We would argue. We would talk about how helpful we'd be with the dog. And now it's like 3 a.m. And I'm like, honey, get up. Take the dog. <laughs> I've never. Let me have one. I've, I don't think I prayed so hard for my child to sleep through the night as I am this dog because Eddie I'm older now. I'm more tired. I have more shit going on. <laughs> and it's just been, I, I don't even know my own name. So I'm sorry for what I look like. Where is Hi, he now? Everyone. Is, he, is somebody watching him? Somebody's oh, got he's him chilling on. now. He'll oh, chill all day. And then I put him, you know, to bed and it's like he wants party. to party. So I'm going to have to finish this, take him for a run. Hope he doesn't get sprayed by some weird Florida toad that sprays all their like poisonous stuff. I, I'm just, I'm winging it. I'm glad that you're here. Thanks. <laughs> on me. No, I would never. I I'm honored like, that you asked me. I think you're so fun. I think you're so fun. And I don't know if I told you, I just, I don't know if you're watching. I was researching Tara when I had um, her on for Modern Mom Probs. And I watched a podcast she did with you. And I was just like, I love her. Like, I just loved everything about you. And I keep wanting to tell your story. And then I'm like, no, I'm gonna let her tell her story. So grew up in New York mm -hmm. in a beautiful town and a beautiful home but everything inside was shit. So I am like rife with daddy issues still, but I'm talking about like pre-pregnancy. Can't settle down, can't keep a relationship. Nothing's ever working out, dating all the wrong guys, toxic up and down, partying too hard, just not, you know, I had a profession, I had a career, that part of it was good, but I was a hot mess everywhere else. And my mom would always say like, only you can get your personal life together like you've gotten your career together and I was like there's no hope for you to be a grandma get over it <laughs> buy a dog you know and then I was just kind of spiraling and not I wasn't like on drugs or an alcoholic I it was for me just these attachments to these guys I would date that were like it was exhausting so I was in the last horrible relationship that I had in New York I knew it had to end. I kept trying to get out of it. So everything inside of me told me like, you need to just like do what you can to get away from him. So we had like one last fight. We broke up, begged me back. I go there to sleep there like an idiot. And, <laughs> and it's the middle of the night. And I'm like, holy shit, what am I doing? I gotta go. So I sneak out of bed and I get dressed and I go to find my keys and they're not there. And he's like, where are you going? And I'm like, and I had nowhere. And he was like, come back to bed. So I go back to bed and I'm, I didn't sleep a wink that night. And I, everything in my body was like, it was like something was pushing me out the front door. The morning came and I made up something. I said, my boss texted me and I had to get to work. So he gave me my keys. 
I flew out that front door <laughs> like something was pushing me, like something put me in the car. Yeah. On my way home that morning, and it was a beautiful morning in New York, I got into a very bad car accident, broke everything from the neck down. Oh, my and God. I, I swear to you, I remember, Aaron, the what was going through my head as I was, like, about to hit that car. It was a head-on collision. He came into my lane. I'm like, oh, thank God I don't have to see him anymore. Oh. Like, I didn't know if I was going to die. But it was that bad. So you were done with that relationship. <laughs> so I, I was... Well, no, I mean, oh, he showed up at the hospital, security had to escort him out. It was like a whole thing. But my mom at that point, I'm very close to my mom. She was a single mom. She had just moved down to Miami. And here I am. I call her. I'm broken, literally, from the neck down. Can't yeah, literally. <laughs> and I'm like, you got to come to New York. So she had just moved down to Miami. She had to fly back up, move in with me for four months, basically nursed me back to health. I couldn't even brush my own teeth. How old were and you when this is happening? Like when 28, wow. 28. So, you know, my friends are like starting to settle down and here I am like yeah. bedridden with my mom thinking of all my poor choices and how I probably <laughs> could have avoided them. But something kept inside of me was like, you needed to do this. Like you needed to hit rock bottom sister, because wow. <laughs> it was, it was, just kind of like I was asking for it. So I spent that time and I'm not into like woo woo spiritual shit, but yeah. I had nothing else to do. So I spent that time reading and writing. I'm a writer. Yeah. And I, I remember, and I have this diary still in my nightstand. I wrote a diary every day of promises I would make to myself once I got healed, things I would never do again, what I would try and stay away from, a promise to myself to not tie myself down to any more bad relationships. And I healed. And my mom went back to Miami. I went to visit her. And I was like, I think I'm just going to move here. And like within a week, gave up my apartment, said goodbye to my friends. I didn't have a job anymore, so it was fine. Um, and I got on a plane and I sent all my stuff down here in a truck. And I've been here ever since. I've been here seven years. I immediately started dating another <laughs> asshole. Like a couple months, right? Like, like well... Right away. I mean, the first weekend I was here, I, I had a wedding to go to a family wedding and I met this guy, hot, such an asshole. And I'm like, whatever. I don't, I didn't know anybody else. It was like someone to hang out with. And on our first date, he, his family knows my family. So he knew a little bit about my story and he's like, parents are divorced. Right. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, you've got all sorts of crazy daddy issues, don't you? And I'm like, <laughs> like over my sushi, I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, actually. maybe, <laughs> maybe I do <laughs> have some fun. So that didn't last very long. And then I met my ex-husband and it was a clear indication that you can change the scenery, but you can't run away from your problems. Yeah. It was, and I, I recently have been talking a lot about triggers on my Instagram page. It was the relationship that triggered all of the unhealed parts of me brought out the ugly in me, made me so inwardly miserable. And it had nothing to do with him. It was, we were so incompatible, right? He was so not sensitive to what I had been through, my issues, my needs. And it just caused me to spiral. And we had Bella and I knew the marriage was never going to last, but I was like, okay, I'm in it now. How long I when she got married, did you have Bella? First of all, we got engaged in three months. <laughs> we were married eight months later. So 
Wow. We were married before we knew each other for a year. He proposed to me very quickly. That's on him. Yes, I said yes, but like, he asked. Um, <laughs> he asked. <laughs> I knew walking down the aisle that we'd be getting divorced. Oh my God. Uh, I, listen, I, but in my head, I'm like, you know what? I got myself into this. I'm either going to have to figure it out and make it work or I don't know. Yeah. He was very persistent on doing things quickly. And in hindsight, I see why, you know, some people don't want you to see yeah. everything about them. Yeah. Um, so the two of us together, it was like hot mess express. We you wanted to look real quick into the marriage. Like so I was pregnant like really in marriage. It just went to like pregnancy. It just went right to pregnancy. And we barely knew each other. And we were so different. We were fighting all the time. And I'm like, you know what? I'm either going to lose myself in this marriage or find myself and find a way out. So I got real honest with myself. I knew exactly what my triggers were at this point. I knew what needed to be fixed. And I started going to therapy by myself. I tried dragging him to counseling. He didn't really like to go. And we just deteriorated over the next few years. Um, but I, after watching my mom get divorced, I had like a plan in my head. I yeah. started my business. I was like, you know what? I can't rely on him for child support. I'm going to have to make my own money. I started making my own money. I, I built up enough of a cushion where I knew I could leave and not have to depend on anybody. And I did. And to this day, I think I did both of us the biggest favor. I think he's the best dad he could ever be because we're not together. I think uh, I am the best version of myself because I was forced to face so many things that I had to deal with. And now I'm with my second husband, who we took it slow. Um, we did everything right. We each have a daughter, so we didn't want to mess around. And instead of triggering me, he really supports my growth and what I need in order to feel whole, whether that's nothing to do with him or everything to do with him. It's, it's what a healthy relationship should be, but I couldn't have gotten to this point without everything else. First one. When you talk about triggers, like what is it triggering in you? Like for me, when you talk about triggers, because I dealt with a lot of eating disorders, I'm like trigger for eating disorder, trigger for anxiety. Like what does he trigger in you? The anxiety, because I knew that I wasn't in the right place right and I, and I constantly was like not getting what I needed from him whether it was attention or understanding of you know my love language or whatever it was yeah. and so <laughs> I him and he would turn it all around on me and say oh you're never happy or it's never good enough or you know it was always me and that made my anxiety really bad because I started thinking what's wrong with me I have a very bad history with eating disorders and so naturally my first instinct is to just control my food yeah so then it was that and I had a problem with that and and it just it it triggered my trust issues it triggered my um i would say like deep rooted deep rooted emotional stuff because you go into a relationship thinking you're going to be safe emotionally with somebody and i never felt safe with him because it was so volatile verbally and just it just wasn't a comforting place to be so it really awakened all of those things for me um and I had to work on them or I knew I would constantly be in the same pattern over and over and over. But had you not like ended it, would he wanted to still be married? Like he was cool, like with the status quo. I think so. I mean, look, we were not getting along. We were fighting all the time, but I know he definitely didn't want to get divorced. And you had a two year old. So that had to be hard. Like you said, he wouldn't go to counseling. You suggested counseling, but he 
And then every time the counselor would like call him out on something, you know, he was like, done with it. Yeah. Um, so I did that. And I, this is the advice I give to everybody who DMs me on a daily basis. Like I want to leave. What do I do? I say, don't consider it until you've exhausted every possible option to fix it. Because as a woman, you know, we're naturally healers and nurturers and we want to fix things. You want to be able to lay your head down on your pillow at night, knowing that you've tried everything that you didn't just walk away and give up. And so it was important to me to do that, especially for my daughter. But and you exhausted that, it. Like how, when, so, but you still went through for, so was there like, like they say an aha moment, like where you were like, I'm done, this is it. Because a lot mm-hmm. of people were asking me that, like, I mean, I'm married, it's not perfect. And there are times where you're just like, this is not like, but you don't, you stay married. Like, what was it that you were like? No, I it. think my husband and I now are the most compatible ever, but we fight, but we love right. each other and like, there's not all this underlying shit, right? But when it's resentment on resentment, on fights, on calling each other names, on disrespect, on lies, and then there's something else, that's when you're like, I mean, you know, and and it became for me, like I didn't have a healthy picture of marriage as a child. I'm like, this is not what I want my daughter to think is normal. Right. I don't. Sleeping at my mom's house three nights a week and we were in separate bedrooms, you know, so... There was like one last shoe drop and um, I keep that private because I, my daughter's father, but it sure. was like, I was no, already- There was with, something that you were like, I'm done. It's it. That's it. I was put out the door. I had already been planning and plotting. I sold our marital home before we split because I knew a split was imminent and I owned that house and I wanted to sell it before a divorce. Wow. Um, moved into a new place that we were renting because I said I wanted to save money and not pay a mortgage, um, knowing that it would probably end. And wow. the f- we lasted one night in that new place. Wow. Yeah. That's what, like, some people were asking how you decided to start your business and start your blog, but it seemed like out of necessity, like you wanted to be the breadwinner and you knew you were going to have to support yourself. And you yeah. were like, I'm going to do something. I'm going to start a business. I had to pull on all of my strengths, right? Like to make me feel confident in this process. Like I said, I've always been strong professionally. My career is always on point, even when my life was not, (laughs) you know, and I had to support my daughter and me now, and I didn't want to have to rely on my family or ask anybody for help. And I like living a certain lifestyle. So that was important to me, Uh, you know, and then it, I just kind of like coasted into single motherhood and I, I, something inside of me was like, you were built for this. You're fine. Yeah. And I was. And your mom I, did it. You saw your mom do it and the, how resilient she was. That had to like teach you how to be that way. Yeah. Mom didn't, wasn't making her own money and couldn't start her own business. Okay. And she was an immigrant and like. So that sparked something in you to like yeah. do it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So um, that's my, I guess, short no, it's amazing. Like I, you're answering all the questions. People were asking how you started your business. My question about the anxiety, because I mean, I'm open about it. Like I'm on medication for it now. And I, what do you prop, take? Um, what is it? It's a sertraline. I think That's it's, what I, do you? It's Zoloft. Yeah. I think I was going to say, I think it's a generic for Zoloft. But my uh, doctor, after I had my daughter was like, you need to like, and I didn't even realize, like, I was going to ask you if you felt like becoming a mother or even in pregnancy kind of sparked your anxiety or was it already there? Mine may have been like sitting latent, but there was a time I remember the first time I flew with my daughter, it was just her and I, my husband didn't go with us. We were flying home to my family. 
I've flown hundreds of times. I don't even think about it. You sit down, I put on my ear pods. They closed the door to the plane and I was like, I couldn't breathe. I was like, I have to get off. Like I kept thinking, it wasn't even so much, I wasn't scared of flying. It was almost like claustrophobia. I was thinking of all that, like if everyone stands up right now, I'm not gonna be able to get out. And I had to just look at my daughter and I was the only one that could care for her. And I feel like if she was not there and I wasn't in charge of her, I probably would have had a full, full blown panic attack. And I never used to be that way until I became a mom. And my anxiety oh, yeah. just yes. went crazy. Yes, same. So I started suffering from anxiety. Well, I always had anxiety. It was always a part of me since I was a little girl. I was the kid who had a stomach ache every day yeah. in fourth grade, but it wasn't a stomach ache. It was anxiety. Yeah. But when I was in my mid twenties, also around the start of the relationship that I fled and had my car accident, um, <laughs> that's when it really started coming out. And my anxiety was, it was, you'll understand cause you've had an eating disorder. It, manifested into like severe body dysmorphia. Yeah. Like I was in perfect shape. I mean, I, it's like those pictures, like I, I wish I was as fat as I was when I thought I was fat. Um, I was tiny, but it would be to the point where like, I had these OCD behaviors. I had to eat the same thing every day. I yes. would put on a pair of jeans and if they felt tight, I wouldn't leave the house. So there was one morning my jeans felt tight. I was like, I'm not going to work. I was a mess. I was hysterical crying in my closet. I called the school district that I worked for to try and get a sub. It was too late. There were no subs. They were like, you have to come to work. I but you were calling in, uh, because, um, like calling in fat. <laughs> like you, calling you in to fat? Someone to come in because you, your jeans were tight. It sounds so crazy, but it was my anxiety. No, I, didn't, yes. I didn't know. So I was driving. I lived in Long Island. I had to drive to the Bronx. Far ass ride. I drove the whole way panicking, shaking. I had to pull over. I called my mom. I said, I don't know what's wrong with me. I made an appointment that day. I saw a psychiatrist and he was like, you have generalized anxiety disorder. Like, welcome to the rest of the world. And I was like, oh, so he did not put me on sertraline. He made a very big mistake and put me on Klonopin, which is only supposed to be used sparingly. I was taking however many milligrams every day for about two years. What happened? Coming off of the, uh, the Klonopin. So I felt great. I had my accident. Um, I moved down here. I was still taking it. I was like, you know what? And a lot of people make this mistake. I just read it in Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed. Stop. I'm reading I, Untamed. I was going to ask you. Amazing. Yeah. I felt, I felt great. So I was like, Klonopin, Schmalopin. Yeah. I quit. And let me tell you, do not try that at home. No, you got to <laughs> My body went into shock, full on <gasps> shock. I stopped getting my period. I would Whoa. like shake at night. I wouldn't sleep. And I went to see a doctor and the doctor was like, well, whoever put you on that didn't realize that they were basically putting you on heroin because coming off of the, that, that type of medication, I mean, it's a narcotic, it's like, you know, coming off of a real drug. So oh I had to then, but that's how I was going through my engagement and the beginning of my marriage. So you can imagine I was Detoxing like, from heroin. <laughs> I was such a treat. Um, I was like a real delight. Yeah. And then I got pregnant and then I wasn't going to take anything when I was pregnant. And my anxiety right. was awful during my pregnancy. I, I just had a horrible pregnancy to the point where like my water broke at 29 weeks and it was all stress induced. Oh, um, but I was very open with my doctor and also the nurse in the hospital at 29 weeks who told me if I didn't leave my husband, I was going to die. Um, the doctor was like, he's I'm Latin. He's Latin. He was like, hi, mi amor. 
you know, you have to be honest with yourself about your feelings. And he was very good about checking in on me after I gave birth. Aww. He wanted to know how I was feeling. Yeah. And it was him who put me on Zoloft after I had Bella and I was completely anxiety ridden and like ready to just take anything. Yes. And it was a game changer for sure. But it was definitely motherhood that made me realize like, I can't get through the day feeling like this and be a mom. Right. Can't do it. So, yeah, I mean, I see I'm so in tune with my anxiety now and I treat it well and I go to therapy and I do all the things and I see the signs in my daughter and I'm very proactive about it. I just don't think you can tell yourself you don't have it at this point in life, you know, like well, we're all suffering well, from it. At it's, some so, point. it's just me are talking about it. And it's funny, like I now I talk about all this. It's like my eating disorder. I didn't tell anyone until I wrote my book. And now that I've said it, it's like, it just comes out all the time. And so I would never tell anybody that I was on this medication. And then once I said it, I'll say it now. And all, like, not all, obviously not all, but like few of my friends, I'll say, they're like, oh yeah, I've been on that. And then I'm like, you're on it, you're on it. I was living like with a handicap because I didn't have, everybody was happy. Like there's no stigma. If you're dealing with something, like get something that helps you, especially if you're in charge of like a, if children, until you can get back to where you need to be. And maybe therapy also, like I was gonna ask you too, if somebody's considering therapy, like speak on that. Like if someone hasn't taken that step, have you been doing that for years? Is that something that you swear by? Therapy is like my, I mean, before quarantine, I would do, I would come on Instagram and do like a whole Insta story sequence about my therapy appointment every Tuesday. It was like Tuesday therapy day. Um, I think it's the best thing in the world. Like a new, first of all, I vent to my mom about a lot of shit, but moms are biased. And a little bit. <laughs> and my, but my mom is always also like, uh, well, why'd you, like, it's your fault. Like, it's, you know, she, she doesn't really help me see, like, <laughs> my therapist is so good. And she also happens to be a co-parenting expert and she's divorced herself. So that, that was wow. something that worked for me because if anyone who's watching is divorced, you know that, like, nobody can understand like another divorced person, um, especially like as a child of divorce too. Yeah. So therapy is amazing for me, but I want to go back to the anxiety after giving birth. Somebody asked if the Zoloft worked well, and yes, it does. Um, I was very aware and alert because a friend of mine from college who was like the Beyonce of my college class, she was gorgeous, wealthy, smart, married like the perfect guy they had this gorgeous daughter and three weeks after the daughter was born she hung herself from postpartum psychosis oh my god the shocking thing that i had ever experienced and i've lost friends i've lost my dad this to me rattled me to my core because oh my god. postpartum depression took this otherwise perfect human with the perfect life like oh. and i'm not even exaggerating and destroyed her and not a doctor. I mean, her husband took her to seven doctors in three weeks and found her hanging. Oh my God. And it was awful. And he's a warrior now. He's been fundraising and building hospitals for women all across the country. He's incredible. He's one of my good friends. Yeah. But that was something that I was like, I don't get, you know, cause there is a lot of stigma in my family yeah. about medication. Yeah. My mom was like, Oh, you don't want to be hooked on something. And I was like, yeah, I, don't I felt that way. I didn't want, that's why I want to start. I don't want to be dependent on something. But you know what? My my psychiatrist put it best to me. He was like, if you have diabetes, you have to take medicine to survive. You know, if you have a blood pressure issue, you have to take medicine to survive. 
if you have anxiety, you have to take medicine to survive. Right. And exactly. that always stuck with me. Um, I want to get to some, some people were asking when you talk about co-parenting, um, I just, because I watched the other podcast, I know that when you, began, how obnoxious that I'm chewing gum, I'm stop, sorry. Stop. Uh, I'm counting macros right now and I'm over and I can't have dessert. So it's gum. Are you hungry? Because this no. is a whole nother podcast. You're not hungry. Okay. Then don't have dessert. But if you're hungry, no. I feel like you should eat. Okay. No. Anyway. Um, so when you divorced, your daughter was two. Mm -hmm. I, because I saw you on another podcast and you told the story about your anxiety, you guys were not in a good place. I mm -mm. You described him as you hated each other and your two year old was with him. Like, can you talk about how you even, and if you were an anxious person already, how that oh. was for you and how you even did that? Right. So you birth a child, right? You basically raise this kid by yourself because your marriage is falling apart and yeah. your husband's kind of like out in left field. <laughs> And then this baby, this little girl in her diapers, who's so attached to her mommy, now has to go Ugh. spend overnights with someone who hates you. Yeah. Hates, like he hated me to the point where he would fuck with me and not answer the phone. So in my head, I think I said this, I just assumed he, they, he was dead and she was wandering around the apartment without a diaper and someone was gonna find, I mean, my brain would automatically go to the worst. And that's when, um, my doctor was like, I think we need to increase your dose. <laughs> I'm like, really? My, like, my ex-husband is no. dead. She's wandering the house in diapers. No. <laughs> he the, didn't the, first, the first six months, I would say till, no. Till about she was three, it was, you know, she couldn't communicate with me. She would say little things here and there, which would tell me that, you know, he was saying things to her that she didn't need to know or she would feel his unhappiness and it was heartbreaking, but there was nothing I could do. And I was in the divorce process at that point. And in the state of Florida, you're, you're not getting more than 50, 50. Like I thought I would have 80, 20 cause I'm yeah, a mom. And I'm the so mom. Wow. He would have to be like convicted of every felony and show up to court with like a gun and a bag of cocaine. Wow. They just don't do it any other way down here unless you get like a really, nice judge and so i didn't fight hard enough which is something i regret i think if i would have fought more and spent another thirty thousand dollars maybe i would have had an extra night a week but with patience and with lots of aggravation and stomach aches and not sleeping at night and therapy for all of us we go to co-parenting therapy awesome it's made, it's made a big difference and him and i are in a much better place now like we're friendly comes over to my house and swims in my pool this it's, is making me think about Glennon as well. You have very similar stories as right. contained. I didn't. I didn't marry a female soccer no, star. No, but you chose yourself, and now you you are you found true happiness in your true love, and you guys are cordial. And he comes over. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and look, it's not always good. We have our issues all the time. We disagree on parenting styles sometimes, but for the most part, we're okay. There's always wow. going to be something, but. Is he in a new relationship? Like you see no. that your daughter, okay. I would love uh, him to someone, be. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's good. Anyone um, else? Someone asked, how do you explain divorce to your two-year-old? Cause she was two. Like, you how don't. Does she, like you're gonna go with daddy now. How did you, you don't? There you don't. was, there was, God bless my child. Never once was like, why? Like she was two. You know, she, we moved, I think what helped a lot for us was, we, like I said, we moved out of our marital home 
into a new place and then split the next day. So it was like, she never even saw daddy in the new place. Okay. Um, okay. We split up and it was a couple of months before he had his first overnight because he didn't have a place yet. He was staying with a friend. So he would come to my house to see her every couple of days or every other day. And they'd hang out and he'd give her a bath and he'd put her to bed. So she didn't really know. Yeah. Like yeah. in the morning when she woke up, she wasn't used to seeing him anyway. She would always be with me. Um, so she didn't really, question. there was never really a question. And That's then a couple of months thing. later. That's a good thing when they're young. Because, yeah, she was probably like, like if she was seven or eight, she'd be like, what? No. Okay. I know. And that's why I did it when I was young, because I was eight when my parents separated and it's a whole different ballgame. Uh, and I didn't, I just didn't, I didn't want to let it drag on. So now she'll act like maybe about when she was three and a half, why don't, why don't you and daddy live together? Or, you know, daddy said you guys were married and now you're not married. And I was like, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, she should know. I'm like, yeah. in five years. Yeah. Um, but I've told her, I've shown her pictures and da mommy and daddy loved each other. And we were so excited because we got to have you, but you know, and, and I have divorced friends now, so I can use her friends as examples. Like, just right. like, right. you know, so-and-so's mommy and daddy have two different houses. So do we, and mommy gets to be with Spencer and we love each other and you get to be a part of that. And you have a stepsister and it's beautiful. And so like, she doesn't really dwell on it. Okay. That's okay. awesome. And she was young enough. People were asking how you met your um, now husband and how it was to for the girls to meet, like how you talked to them about them coming together. Um, I met my now husband. So he, all right. So I'm very close to my mom mm -hmm. and he lived in my mom's building. Really? So <laughs> every day when I would pick my daughter up from preschool, I mean, she was two, I would take her to my mom's building because I just didn't like want to go home and be alone. Um, and she lives on the water in a beautiful building in Miami with a marina. So I would always push Bella in the stroller. And my husband is a judge and he would get out of court at around four o'clock and pick up his daughter and go to the marina and they'd go fishing or they'd take walks. And I would always see this guy and he's so hot. And I was like, <laughs> but I was, just, I was separated. I didn't even know, like, you know, I, I wasn't ready to date. I didn't think. I wasn't looking for anything. I was like truly happy in my townhouse with Bella and we decorated it like girl power. And I was like doing <laughs> my thing every night, watching girl shows and eating chips in bed. And um, we kept seeing each other. And then we happened to be in the same edition of our town, like magazine. He was in it for something with the court. I was in it for my business. And he looked me up on LinkedIn and sent me a message. Oh. And then we went on a date. And that date never ended. Wow. And his daughter is how old? So she is now almost 14. She's like a total teenager. She um, it. And that she had to meet a five-year-old for how long? Well, she, no, Bella was still now. two. She was three. Yeah, okay. Yeah. She was still two. Um, and she was great. I mean, she was 10 at the time when our girls okay. met. And she was, you know, she's very nurturing. Now it's different. She's like 14 and has a social life. And there's like a five-year-old who's like, hi, pay attention to me. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I think they're very, it's a good balance. It's a good balance. God, like, yeah. how could you not say that was like exactly what you're supposed to do? Like you ended up in the same, you saw him, you ended up in the same arena as him. You ended up in the same newspaper as him. Like how that wasn't supposed to be. Wait, and then his courthouse 
that he was a judge in at the time was literally like I could look at it from my office window. So we would have lunch every day. It was the best. We didn't in the beginning, we didn't see each other when we were with our kids. So we would have lunch. Like it, it was just all the stars aligned. And that's why I'm always telling people like, you know, friends of mine that have recently separated will call me crying. Like, am I going to die alone? And I'm like, do you have any faith at all in like the universe? Right. Again, I'm not a woo woo person, but just like the universe had to put that car accident into my life to get me to like open my eyes, like shit happens for a reason. It does. Whether you believe in God or you believe in science, whatever it is you believe in, your life takes the turn it takes for good reason and you're not going to die alone you are going to have to work through your shit if you want to have a happy relationship and a happy ending but it's out there if you play your cards right but it's out there was it hard for you to trust again to just like start another relationship like were you has no (laughs) it wasn't okay we were you know when you're divorced and you're dating another divorced person it's not like you know in the beginning if you've never been married and you are first dating and you're hoping to find a husband, everybody's on their best behavior and you're always like perfect, (laughs) eat three bites of your dinner and like you wait to sleep together. I was like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm 33. I have a fucking two-year-old. Like, give me (laughs) it. Like, I need to know now. Here's mine. And we kind of just let it all out on the table and we were so eerily similar. We come from marriages that made us feel i just interviewed tanya zuckerbrot on my podcast i heard it she said she felt like a widow in her marriage and that 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 was very much how i think both of us felt like you're going through the motions but you kind of feel alone there was a lot of understanding um i kind of knew off the bat even though erin i had my whole life full of trust issues i didn't have to have it any doubt like, I was very weird. Like, one of those when you know, you know things. Yeah, it has to be when you know, you know. But then you have to introduce Bella to this new man. Like, what was that like? I mean, Bella could have been meeting the mailman. She was two. <laughs> right. Like, he brought her, like, a toy, and it was okay. And she was she like, did. I like him. <laughs> it's funny. At the time, she couldn't pronounce his name right. His name is Spencer, and she called him Penster. <laughs> to this day, even though she's very smart and very verbal and all that just because it still calls him that it's really cute yeah Um, but they met and it you know she didn't really see him much other than like he would come over hang out a little and then leave and then i would put her to bed and he would come back you know and he would leave in the morning before she woke up and we waited a little bit longer for me to meet his daughter because she was old Sure. It was different and obviously very protective of her dad. I was very cognizant of that and still am. Um, I think also part of the reason why we work is because I understand the dynamic between sure. with her dad. Um, yeah. So I was very, for the first, I probably met her two months in. And that was soon. I think looking back, like, I don't know why we did it that quickly, but um, she got along with Bella right away. I, I was with Bella and we went to meet him and his daughter for dinner. It was, I was like sweating through my shirt. It was the summer in Miami. The second we sat at the table, Bella knocked over like a glass of water, went everywhere. And I'm like, fuck, <laughs> this, 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 this relationship's over. Um, but I made it very clear to him because he was very kind and he would always invite me to whatever he was doing with her. And I would say, no, it's your weekend with your daughter. Like, ah. 
I don't need to come to breakfast. Like, uh, frankly, I don't want to come to breakfast. Like, go do your thing. I'll see you when you drop her off. And I, and I think that that level of understanding was important for the both of us. Of course. Um, I know I don't have you for that long. I wanted to see, I saw something on your Instagram about your daughter talking about um, filling someone's bucket. And I just wanted you to oh. share that because I think that's the sweetest. There's so many moms on here. I love it. We got this book as a recommendation from somebody a couple of years ago. Um, it's called, Did You Fill a Bucket Today? And it gives the kids the example of being a bucket filler or a bucket dipper. And when you do something kind, you're filling somebody's bucket. When you do something unkind, you're taking something out of their bucket. You're being a bucket dipper. Um, someone from Brazil is saying something I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> I don't either. So, <laughs> we every day like I mean and it has stuck I've been reading this book to her since forever I'll say to her like you know was that did that fill a bucket or did that dip into somebody's bucket you know if she like snaps at me or oh, doesn't listen God. to me but she will tell me like before we go to bed just now she's like mom you know what I did today to fill somebody's bucket like she lives by it and it I'll tell you the only thing I want in this world is a kind kid who knows her self-worth you know, yeah. there's kind people who get walked all over. I want her to be one of the kind ones who can still stand up for herself and other people. And I think that's what I've got going on. Oh, I love it. I got to get that book. Yeah, I'll link it again if you want me to. Um, it's on Amazon and it's it's so basic, but it, it really is one of the most beautiful lessons you could teach a no, kid. No, I, I love it. I, get, I love it. Um, I think I got everything. Advice to someone co-parenting when they don't get along with an ex, but you said you go to co parenting therapy well here's the thing you don't need to get along with your ex you know i didn't get along with my ex and i was still co-parenting um i have i just my latest article for parents is how to co-parent when you hate your ex um and it was basically just focusing on you know first of all you don't you don't owe this person any information about your life any explanations about your life it i always say treat it like a business your kid is the business right yeah. What time are you picking up Jackie? What time am I dropping her off? Whatever. Like you talk, you're on a need to know basis. You know, it, it, it's just, you got to keep it as dry and set those boundaries because even if you hate each other, boundaries is going to make it go smoothly. Okay. Love you know? Yeah. Perfect. Yes. Let someone wrote, let go of what you can't control. Of course that's, and that's what I talked about in the, in the thing you saw I did with Tara. It's like, I can't control what time he's putting her to bed. I know it's later than I'd like. I can't control how much candy he lets her eat. I know it's way more than I would ever allow. But yeah. is she happy? Yeah. Is she healthy? Is she thriving? Yeah. Okay. Thank God she has a dad who loves her. Do I want to punch him in the face sometimes? Yes. But she has a dad who loves her. That's more than I can say for myself. So I, I think she's lucky. Wow. That's amazing. You're amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. With my gum. I'm sorry. Stop. It's awful. I didn't so notice the gum until you said that. <laughs> Do you have anything coming up that you want to tell people? Uh, listen about to my podcast, people. Yes, I have a Mom's podcast. Moving on. Mom's moving on, um, where we talk about divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood with actual experts and people who have been through it. And we talk to attorneys, therapists, writers, lawyers, mediators, you name it, we've got it. Um, and what else do I have? I have an Etsy shop with Ooh. inspirational merch. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. So the link is in my bio yep. and all of the proceeds go to help homeless women and children in Miami. Wow. At a place called the Lotus House. 
there's uh, actually very quickly, the oh. Lotus Houses is a place for homeless women and children. And as Corona hit, domestic violence soared. And so this, this, um, this shelter is where battered women go with their children when they have nowhere else to go and they need to leave their situations. And I feel very passionately about helping them. So yes. my Etsy shop, all of the proceeds go to them. I'm going to share that. And somebody said, what is the name of your podcast? Mom's Moving it's On. Called Mom's Moving On. It's on everywhere you can get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and a whole bunch of other ones I don't even know the name of. And it's great. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I'm going to share everybody. It's the Michelle Dempsey, Mom's Moving On podcast. And then your Etsy shop is linked on your Instagram. Okay. Everything's like for the Lotus House. I'm going to share that too. Michelle Dempsey, thank you so much for being so open, sharing everything. If you are going through a divorce or a co-parenting situation, follow the Michelle Dempsey on Instagram and subscribe to her Mom's Moving On podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and send her a message. She said she responds to everyone. She's a wealth of knowledge. She's compassionate. She's hilarious. Michelle, thank you so much for doing my podcast. And if you haven't subscribed, please do that so you don't miss next week's episode. We're on Spotify, Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. And I'll see you next week for a new episode of Squats and Margaritas. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.